0: Well, it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. I was in Colorado the last few days and flew in last night, and I'm ready to go. Um, but before we get started, we got a special guest with us today. He's shaking his head. Pastor Ben Alexander is with us today. Stand up, Ben. Wave to everyone. He came in town for a, for a fantasy football draft. Actually, he came for the softball tournament. But we are going to do a fantasy football draft while he's here. Um, But it's good to be with you this morning. Um, Today we're starting a new series called One. And over the next month, um, we're going to be looking into the book of Ephesians. We're going to be primarily working in Ephesians chapter 4, but we're also going to look in some other areas. And Ephesians chapter 4 is a beautiful call to unity We're going to look at other parts as well, but I just want to start by reading our key verses for this series. It's Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, and it's going to come up on the screen there. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And so as we see in verse 4, we're going to have 4 weeks of this series and and one body, one hope, one faith and one God. Well, today we're going to talk about one body, and we're going to be talking about unity in the body of Christ. And so I really, I'll be honest with you, um, this is something that I think is very important for us as a church, not just this church, but all the church. It is very important that we understand that we are called to unity, to be one body, And so I want to be really careful today. I don't want this to be my words or my thoughts. I want to let the text speak to you as much as I can today. Um, But we're going to talk about unity in the church. And this is hugely important. And it's important for us. Because we've been through a time of transition. And transitions can be a time that can be difficult. And I believe that we are called to be one. So can I ask you to do something important today? Can I ask you to just open your heart to hear God's word? Can I ask every single one of us that's here in the sanctuary this morning to open our hearts, to drop our guard, to drop the walls around us, and just to allow God to speak to us? You can tell God's been speaking to me. Let's pray before we get started. Father, as we come before you, I just pray that your word would speak this morning. I pray that you would call us to be one body together. Father, it's great to to have former staff members here with us. It's great to worship together. It's great to know that there are people worshiping um, over at Springdale from churches all over the country that have come to play softball together, but we know that there are churches this morning that are meeting all across the world, and I believe that you've called us to be one body. And so, Lord, speak to us. Call us to be one together. We love you, Jesus. Amen. I got a text on um, Saturday, yesterday morning. It's, it's been a long weekend. Um, yesterday morning I got a text from another pastor on the district just saying, Hey, I'm praying for you, man. I just want you to know I care about you, and I'm praying for you. And it was another reminder to me that we are one body. It doesn't matter where we worship. It doesn't matter what our denomination is. We are called to be the body of Christ one body, and I'm so thankful to be able to call brothers and sisters across the city, across the state, across the country, and across the world as a part of this one body. Well, let's just start off, and most of you have probably heard the phrase, divide and conquer, right? That originally started, divide and conquer, or um, divide and lead, and basically that is a strategy that's used by rulers and military leaders to break apart groups of people and then take over and lead them. Divide and conquer. If you have something that's too big, if you have a group of people that's too big or an enemy that's too big, then one strategy, a very effective strategy, is to divide and conquer. The idea is this. It, it, this is just from Wikipedia, so you know it's true, right? The idea is this, gaining and maintaining power by breaking up larger concentrations of power into smaller pieces that individually have less power. And and then as I read about it a little bit more, it's even more effective if you want to divide and conquer, if you can not only divide into smaller pieces, but if you can turn that group that you're looking at against itself. And so for ages, for years, across the ages, this has been a strategy that political parties, military parties, and groups that wanted to lead and rule used to break apart the people that they wanted to lead. The truth is, it's easier to defeat a divided enemy, an enemy that's not unified. The more a group is divided... The, the weaker it becomes. Well, that's not great news for us today um, because if we're, if we're being honest with ourselves, we live in a time of great division, don't we? We live in a culture in a world that's very divided. Society over the last years and decades has become more and more divided. We're divided in a lot of different ways. We're divided ideologically. That's a big word, ideologically. We're divided by our beliefs. Just not too long ago, um, some, um, Billy Graham came, actually Mike Pence, um, came under attack for something called the Billy Graham Rule. And that idea is this, that Billy Graham had a rule that he would never be alone with, with a woman that wasn't his wife or daughter. And the whole idea was that he was gonna avoid temptation and avoid anything that would get him in trouble. This wasn't anything that was demeaning to women. This wasn't, this was just trying to avoid something that could lead to something bad. And a couple months ago, that came under major attack. Because the truth of the matter is, if you believe something in today's world, it's gonna come under attack. It doesn't really matter what you believe. It will come under attack because we have never been so divided on what we believe. We're divided politically. I sat in a hotel room in in Denver the other day and I was flipping through the channels and I do not watch political news very often because it drives me nuts. But I was flipping through and I stopped on it and it just, man, it just is depressing to watch the division politically in our country. Every time we get a new president, the first thing that happens is other people try to impeach that president because that president doesn't stand for what they do. And I'm not speaking for one, this isn't a political statement, but we have never been more divided politically than we are today. We live in a culture of division. Just this last week with Hurricane Harvey, one of the biggest things that went viral on social media was people attacking Joel Osteen and his church for not doing more with the relief efforts, for not opening their church as a shelter. And if you, got, if you get on social media, you understand that we are divided in a lot of different ways. We live in a culture of division, even in the church. Sometimes we fall into the trap of division. We talked about it earlier. We've just come through a time of transition. And that can be hard on a church. It can be a time where we disagree on things. It can be a time where we don't see eye to eye. And it can become a time that can lead to division. It's easy to become divided when things are up in the air. But this is not what God wants from us. This is not who we are called to be. We are called to be one. We are called to be unified. And so let's look back at at chapter 4, and I'm going to read the same text I did earlier, and then we're going to to move on through chapter 4. But reading again, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and the Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Do you hear a word more than anything else in there? One. one we are called to be one and so let's just break that text down a little bit and look through it the first thing that we see in that text is that as we see we're being called to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received i don't know if you guys know this but what we're doing here this morning is a big deal Your presence here this morning is more than just getting in your car and driving to a building. Your presence here in the church is more than just a social thing. You are a part of something huge. You are a part of a great calling. We are the church. We are God's church. This is a big deal. This isn't something to be taken lightly. We are God's church. We are God's plan to impact a dark world around us. We are God's plan for hope and restoration for this world that's divided. We are called to be God's church. We live by His name. We call ourselves Christians. We've taken the name of Jesus Christ because He is our King. And that's a big deal. The beginning says, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You have a high calling this morning. You are called to represent Christ in everything you do. This isn't something to be taken lightly. You are called to something great I remember when I was at Trevecca um, Nazarene University, I was having an argument with some of my friends because I was a religion major, I was going to become a pastor, and they, they weren't going to be pastors. And so we were having this discussion over whether or not I was called to a higher standard than they were. And they were saying, well, you're, a pa- you're going to be a pastor, so you've got to be better than we do. And, and my, my answer, and listen... I do believe that being a pastor is a high calling and something that I am called to live a life that that is is holy and set apart. But I believe that every single one of us that calls ourselves a Christian, that calls ourselves and follows Christ, is called to be an example for Christ. And I believe that every single one of us has a high calling to represent Jesus. In the world around us. If we call ourselves followers of Christ, we are called to be Christ to those around us. I was thinking about this this last week, what's happening in Houston with the floods. I was thinking about my position as pastor. I was thinking about the churches there in Houston and what a change has happened in the last few days and weeks. All of a sudden, those churches, those pastors, those followers of Christ have become a beacon, a light to a city and an area that's struggling. We have a high calling to be Christ to the world around us. In times of need, we need to meet the need. In times of division, we need to be unified. We are called to be different. The text goes on and says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That doesn't sound like what you encounter every day, does it? That doesn't sound like what you see at work or at sports venues or on social media. Listen to this again. Be completely humble. That's not normal, is it? putting others above yourself, lowering yourself. Be gentle. Gentleness is not something that comes naturally to us. It's much easier to be powerful and hurtful, and when somebody disagrees with you, to come at them and try to hurt them. We are not typically gentle people, but we are called to be humble and gentle. Be patient. Patience is not something that comes easy. I've got four boys. Patience is a very hard thing. Patients, all right, so this might offend some of you, I'm sorry, um, but one of the things that drives me nuts is the way that people act in public. Um, so, so like when I get on a plane, I just got on a plane last night to come from Denver back here, and one of the things that drives me insane is the way that people have no regard for each other. And so the plane lands, and the first thing that happens is what? Everyone gets up and runs to stand in line. Because they got to get ahead of those 10 people in front of them and make sure that they get out of the plane first, right? And and so (laughs) I was sitting next to this guy last night, and the plane landed. And, I mean, it was like, boom, seatbelt off, run. And you can ask my wife. That drives me insane. (laughs) And then we got off the plane. And so, like, I waited until the people in front of me had gone out. And I got up, and I walked off the plane. I'm sorry if you're one of those people that likes to be in a hurry. But I walked off the plane. (laughs) And there is this huge line of people waiting for their bags. And guess what? My buddy next to me was standing in line. So he would good for you, man. You got to that line a little bit quicker. (laughs) But but that drives me nuts. That We are not a people of patience, bearing with one another in love. We're not real good at bearing with one another in love, are we? It's a lot easier to discard someone or to get mad at someone and push them to the side. But we are called to be humble and gentle and patient and bearing with one another in love. And then this last part make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That's not a real common thing these days. But if we go back above, We are called to a higher calling. We are called to be different. We are called to be Christ-like. And so we are called to be humble and gentle and patient, to bear with one another in love, and to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. As God's church, we are called to be different. We are called to be one, one body. We are called to be one with one another. We cannot be divided like the world around us in a culture of division. We are called to be different. We are called to be one. We are called to be all those things above. So what are the barriers for us to unity? What are the things that we struggle with, that, that keep us from being unified together. I thought of a few things. You could probably think of a few more. If you want to email them to me or tell them later, tell me what I missed. That's cool. But I thought of a few things. First off, we have differences, right? We're all different. Right? Look around. Do it. Everyone look around. Come on. Look around. We're all different, right? We have different preferences. We have different tastes. We have, we have different ideas. Some of us have different beliefs, some of us believe that some things are more important than other things. Some of us like things a certain way, and others like things another way. We, we have differences, right? We have personality differences. Some of us are a little bit different in our personalities, right, Ben? <laughs> You're not here that often. I can't call you out very often, so I'm, I'm just going to use this opportunity. We have, different, we have differences. We have different personalities. We have, we're different, right? But God calls us to be one. The problem is that sometimes when we have differences, we build walls. We separate ourselves because we're different. And oftentimes this happens because we aren't willing to take the time to listen to each other and to understand each other. We make assumptions about each other. We close ourselves off to each other because that person thinks that, and I think this, so I don't want to be around that person. And we build these walls, and we're not one. Sometimes it's our selfishness, isn't it? Sometimes it's that we want things our way. We want our way. It's all about me, right? That's what culture tells you. It's all about you. Take care of yourself. And so you want everything to be about you. But selfishness divides us. Putting our preferences above the bigger picture, putting our will above God's will will always divide. Another thing is self righteousness. When we look at ourselves as better than others. When we look down on others, when we think, hey, I've been here for this long. I've been, I, I'm a good person. I've got perfect connections, attendance. I, I always say Sunday school. I said connections, so I should get a point for that. But I've got perfect connections, attendance. I haven't missed church this year. I've been at Westchester Nazarene for 30 years, and you just came last week, so don't talk to me, right? <laughs> Sometimes our self-righteousness or our thinking we're better than others can divide us. Sometimes it's our lack of depth, the fact that we just aren't growing closer to God. We aren't becoming more like Jesus. We're just staying where we were. And so these are barriers that keep us from being unified, that keep us from being one. And so the question today is this, how do we get past these barriers? How do we become One. And so I want to read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22 with you. Verse 11 starts and says, Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise without hope and without God in the world." Now, listen to this. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought in here by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups, and this is talking about the Jews and the Gentiles, has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household, built on on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus Himself as the chief cornerstone. In Him, in Christ Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become the holy temple of the Lord. And in Him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Isn't that incredible? How do we get past our differences? How do we get past the things that divide us? It's Jesus. Jesus is what makes the difference. Jesus is what allows us to live up to our huge high calling. Jesus is who makes us One. In Christ Jesus, you who were once far away, and we were all in this room once far away, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ, and He is our peace. And so how do we get past the barriers? Jesus. It is only through Jesus that we will become the one body that we are called to be. It is only through Jesus that we will be become the, the holy calling, the holy church that God wants us to be, only through Jesus. Now moving on, going back to chapter 4 and verse 11, and this isn't going to be on the screen, so I'm just going to read it to you. In verse 11 it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So number one, we are called to be one. Number two, we are called to grow. We are called to grow together. Did you hear that? So that you could be built up to become the mature body of Christ. We are not called to stay where we were. We are not called to be happy with where we were in the past. We are not called to to accept Jesus and then sit down and be happy. We are called every day to grow together. You and I, each other, all of us as God's church are called to grow together and to become more like Jesus every day. We are called To grow. Verse 12 and 13 says, We should be built up to reach unity of faith and knowledge, all of us, to become mature. But this doesn't come naturally to us. This isn't easy, this takes work. We have to seek Jesus. We have to want to be more like Jesus every day. We have to go back to what we said earlier and be completely humble and gentle and patient, bearing with one another in love and making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Because the truth of the matter is that just doesn't come naturally. What comes naturally is division. It's really easy for us to divide. But we are called to work and to grow and to become mature in our relationships with each other, in our faith, our unity of faith, and in our knowledge of the Son of God, the more we know Christ, the more we will become the one church that God has called us to be. We are to be growing more like Christ every day, and if we do that, we will be unified. I think that these challenges that we talked about earlier, we talked about the division in the world around us, and then we talked about the opportunity for division in the church. And that's always there. I mean, we just came through a time of transition, and I think that magnifies everything, but there is always opportunity for division in the church. And I think that those challenges can send us in one of two directions. Number one, they can tear us down. They can break us apart. They can divide us, thus making us easier for the enemy to come in and conquer. Verse 14 says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. If we don't become one, if we don't seek to grow together, we will become like Infants that can easily be tossed back and forth. We won't be standing strong. Division has the opportunity to break us apart. We can become self-consumed. We can become bitter. We can turn against each other, and we'll turn in to spiritual infants. Or, number two, and this is my prayer for us, This could be an opportunity for us to grow together, to learn together, to grow closer to God, and to become the one body that God has called us to be. Verse 15 says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is, Christ From Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so we have two options. Division is always going to be there. We have two options. We can choose to let it break us apart. We can choose to let it make us spiritual infants, or we can choose to band together to come together to reach a unity of faith and a knowledge of the Son of God, to want to be more like Jesus every day, and we can grow together, and we can become the body that God called us to be. A divided church is not a church that's growing. It's a church that's moving backwards. And a church that's not growing, and we're not talking about number growth here, we're talking about growing closer to Jesus. A church that's not growing closer to Jesus is not a mature church. And and a church that's not mature is not a church. It's not the church that God wants us to be. We cannot be divided. Let's go back to verse 13. It says, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. That's our goal, that we will have the full measure of uh, of Christ and His glory in us. One of the commentaries I read um, said it really well, so I, I put it up on the screen for us. The church's goal is that each member, and thus the entire church, will show the world all the attributes and qualities of Christ. Then the church will truly be the one body of Christ. Do you see that? We need to show the world what unity is all about. We need to show the world what this is all about. We we need to get past the division. We need to join together and we need to let Jesus, through our knowledge of him, show us so that we can show the world, so that we can be a light to the world around us. I I was thinking about I, I just got this picture in my head as I was thinking about this message. Sometimes on a playground, there are those games where there's like three blocks that can turn. And there's a different animal or a different head on on each side and there's a different body and then there's different legs. You guys have done this right? Come on. You guys have all been on a playground before. I know you don't lie to me. <laughs> and so I was just thinking about this. The idea is that we want to be the body of Christ. We want to match up with the head. Christ is our head and we need to become the mature body. We've got to reflect Christ to the world around us. Which leads us back to the end of chapter 2, verses 21 to 22. It says, In Him the whole body is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. When we come together as one, when we live by a higher calling, when we grow together in unity and know Christ more... We will become a holy temple. That's pretty crazy, right? This is, this is a cool room. It's nice. We're not called to just be a good group of people in a cool room. We are called to be a holy temple for God. Set apart. Different. We will be a dwelling place where God lives. In a divided world, we should be a holy temple. We should be different. I went over to England, on the, uh, London, on the way over one of my trips to Africa, and I'll never forget going into Westminster Abbey. Have any of you been to Westminster Abbey? Huge, beautiful cathedral. Man, that place is, it's holy. Like, you walk in there, and, and there's, there's the graves of all of these great people through the history of the church, and, and you walk through this, this beautiful cathedral, and it's holy. It's different. For some of you, that might be the shoe, right? I'm sorry, Michigan fans, but that might be the horseshoe where Ohio State plays, right, Dale? Like, you walk in that place, and it's just, it's different. If you're a baseball fan, for me, that's walking into Fenway Park. Once again, I'm offending the same people here, the Boyntons, like like, (laughs) Michigan fans and Cubs fans. I think it's Fenway Park. You walk into that park, and it's just like, man, there's something different about this place, for some of you that just like to travel, it might be New York City, right? Like that place is just, it's different. It's, it's something. We are called to be something different. We are called to be a holy temple, to be the place where God dwells, where God lives. We are called to be a place where people walk in and they can't help but see God in us. We are called to love each other differently. We are called to disagree with each other differently. When people walk into our church, they should see Christ in us. They should be blown away by God's presence because we are one and we are made one through Jesus. But this only happens if we're united This only happens if we're growing together, if we're seeking to be more like Jesus every day. I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of division. I'm tired of the the hatred that I see on TV, on social media. I'm tired of the hatred I see in restaurants, between people. I'm tired of division. And I want nothing to do with that in the church. I believe God has called us to be different. I believe that God is calling us to be a unified light in a dark and divided world. And that starts with us coming together, being Christ-like, and becoming one. And so today, we're going to close this service through communion. And I can't think of a more fitting way to close this to talk about unity to celebrate unity then to come to the table and take communion together going back to chapter 2 verses 13 to 14 it says but now in Christ Jesus in Christ Jesus you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ for he is our peace And it goes on to say, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. When we celebrate communion this morning, it's more than just taking bread and juice. We are celebrating Jesus who makes us one. Jesus who gave everything so that we could be brought near. So that we could live by a higher calling so that our walls can come down, so that we can be the mature body that God has called us to be. His sacrifice gives us access, and as we take communion, we are called to model the love that we celebrate in that, the sacrificial love, the spirit of unity, the spirit of oneness. And so, the band is going to come play now. And as you prepare to take the elements, um, the ushers are going to come. And and as the elements are being passed out to you, I want to ask you to do a few things. I want to ask you to search your heart. Search your heart. Are you living in a spirit of unity? Are you living by a higher calling? Are you living at peace with those around you? And are you growing together with one body as the ushers come and as they pass out the elements? I want you to take some inventory in your own life. And I want you to understand that Jesus didn't die on a cross for us to be divided. He died so that we could have access and we could have peace and we could be one together. Father I pray that you would prepare our hearts I pray that if there's division in our hearts whether it's at work or whether it's with people in our family or whether it's right here in the church I pray that you would call us to be one I pray that the most important thing to us would be to be more like you every day, to grow together and to become the mature body that you've called us to be. Father, prepare our hearts now. Amen.